So we're in this series called Redefined. I don't even know what part this is. I asked Elijah, is this five? Is this four? I don't know. Is this nine? I don't even remember. All I know is we're redefining some things. That's what I do know. And so last week, uh, we got to point one of the three-point sermon, which I was okay with, okay? And we said that faith isn't just a feeling. It has a foundation. Amen? It's not just feelings. There is a foundation, and the foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the one there. There's a lot of people that know what they believe. But do you know who or to use correct biblical language, whom you believe? Do you know who you believe? And our foundation of our faith is built on Jesus Christ and the word of God. By the way, Jesus is the word who became flesh. That is the foundation of our faith. So it's not just I feel good about this, so I'm going to go with it. No, there is a solid foundation that I can build my life on. On. Amen. And it's the word of God. And so I believe that we need to have some God experiences in our lives. That's what our kids had this week, by the way. Some God experience, some moments with God that you cannot trade it for anything. Powerful, incredible stuff, God experiences. But I also believe that we need some godly examples. Amen. We, we've got to have those moments with God, but we also got to have some consistency with God as well. And so that was a little bit of last week. Today, I want you to go to the book of Proverbs. We got three different scripture that we're going to read. Actually, we got more than that. Can y'all hang today? Look at your neighbor and say, let's read the Bible. Let's read the Bible. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 through 6. It says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord. Now, I'm reading this out of an amplified version because I felt like you need a little bit more oomph behind these verses. Some of y'all, you've gone into summer mode and, and you, you're doing that kickback Bible reading. And on Sunday, we got to bring you back because you're getting a little loose in some of your, uh, your lifestyle standards. Amen. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. That's so good. In all your ways, say all your ways. And not just in all your ways, but always. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your paths straight, and watch this, and smooth. Look at your neighbor and say, be smooth. Got to be smooth. I know some of you guys, I don't know how you got that lady, because you ain't that smooth. You got to get smooth, man. Smooth. Removing obstacles. That block your way. Boy, could we preach right there? Could we just hang out right there and preach? We're not. We're going to go to Psalms 37, <laughs> verse 5. It says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. See, a lot of people are hanging on to the help part. God, help me. God, help me. But there's a couple of things you got to do. Trust him and commit everything you do to the Lord. If it ain't committed, why is he going to help you with it? Amen? That's just scripture reading. We haven't got to the message, okay? Um, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. For we live by believing and not by seeing. And if I asked you, how are you living today? Is it by seeing or is it by 
believing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. And thank you, Lord, that what you did in the students' lives is incredible. But I know you're not finished. And I believe you want to work on their mom and dad. I believe you want to work on other people. Because you're a good God that has good things in store. And there are things that are happening to us, God, that are not so good, but you can handle it. And today, I just pray that as we share this message, that there will be a faith in this room, that people will believe that you are the God of breakthrough, that you are the God that can give them the victory over whatever it is. And Father, I just pray that when we walk out of those doors today, we will be so full of faith in you, that no matter what we face, we will overcome it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Men. So the first point last week was faith isn't just a feeling, it has a foundation. Point number two for this week is faith isn't just lessons about God, it's how we live for God. It's not just lessons about God, it's how we live for God. I've known people through the years that love a good Bible study. You know what I'm saying? Like, they will find a devotional. They will find a Bible study. They will follow a one-year Bible reading plan. Some people try to crush the whole New Testament in six months. Like, all these different Bible reading plans. And I think all of that stuff is fantastic. And if you're in the middle of one, and maybe you slacked a little bit in the last week because it's summer, the kid's been gone, it's kind of like, get me some me time, I encourage you today to get back on track with it. Amen? Get back on track with it. However, in all of your Bible studies, even that one you ordered on Amazon with the workbook and the audio book and all the different things that you're collecting that's sitting on your shelf, in the midst of your Bible reading plan, which has every, every box checked because you're that person. You know what I'm saying? Can't miss a day. Can't miss it. If I miss, I'm going to catch up tomorrow, and I'm going to check. I got I to gotta get a check. How many people you got to get a check in the box? Five of you. We're praying. I like getting a check in the mailbox. Hey. Hey. Come on now. Thank you, Will. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> so even though you may have all your boxes checked, and you may have the stack of Bible studies, and you know a few scripture references along with the verses that you memorized, if we're not getting to know Jesus for who he really is, what are we doing? For whatever reason within the church world, there's been such a pressure put on people to have biblical knowledge. I'm good with it. But if the biblical knowledge that we are acquiring does not bring us to the place that we know Jesus more and more and more, what are we doing? Can I mess with the spiritual people a little bit today? Or, or better yet, the ones who sound spiritual. Can I mess with that just a little bit? Because it's become a culture within the church that people like to do this and throw a little flex every now and then because they had a little Bible study and they know all these points, but still living like the world. Amen? I'm, I'm going to preach this a little bit because sometimes we like to deceive ourselves without realizing it by having a bunch of biblical knowledge 
just forgetting completely that the whole point of the Bible was so that you and I would see our need for Jesus and that we would follow Jesus. That was the whole point of it. I can summarize the entire Bible for you in one word. Jesus. That's it. I'm so glad that you got genealogies memorized. Memorize them, baby. But if you don't know the one they were trying to get to, it was pointless. Hey, learn your books of the Bible because you got to figure out where that chapter and that verse is. But if you don't know who Jesus is, it doesn't matter if you know the books of the Bible. It doesn't matter if you know who the major prophets and the minor prophets are. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know the prophet. It was all pointing to Jesus. And so many times we like to use the Bible and Scripture for our likings. For our angles, for our agendas. As parents, we like to take scripture and use it to bring correction to our children, overlooking that the whole point of that verse was to point them to Jesus, and we're just trying to point them to good behavior. Yes, they need good behavior, but they're not going to get it without Jesus. You can have a good kid, but that doesn't mean they're godly. Amen? And I know you need, you need something to change in your house But keep working it, keep working it. If you don't get Jesus in there, you're going to keep working it. And then they're going to have kids, and they're going to have to keep working it because Jesus works, y'all. Jesus works. All of the Bible studies, the lessons, the principles, the stories of the Bible, the prophecies in the Bible, it's not just for your information. It's for your revelation. And maybe you're in here and you're like, pass away. I don't know a whole lot about the Bible, but I know Jesus saved me. I know he turned my life around. I know I used to be lost and doing some sketchy stuff, but now I've surrendered my life to Jesus, and I'm not the same anymore, but I know he loves me, and I know he's still working on me. Can I tell you, you know a lot if you know that. I remember when I was in Bible college. And I've heard people say, I want to go to Bible college. I want to go to Bible I want to go to Bible college. I want to go to Bible college. And there's a part of me that says, no, you don't. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you think it's like college. You didn't care about a lot of them subjects in college. Y'all remember that? They made you take anthropology and you're like, what are we doing in here? I came to school for something else, but you got to take it, and you didn't care about it. When you're in Bible college, it all matters. You can sit in an English class in Bible college, and God will work on your life through an English teacher and put his finger on that thing. Y'all know that thing, that thing you don't like no one to talk about, no one to deal with, and during your English class, the Lord will... And you say, how do you know that, Pastor Way? Because it happened to me. They give you these assignments, and you say, oh, it's just a paper. All while the Lord wants to deal with you. I'm like, Lord, I need to finish this paper. It's due in the morning. It's 2 a.m. I turn it in at 8.30. Why do you have to deal with me about this right now? Don't believe me, asked Cynthia. I didn't sleep through Bible college. Didn't sleep because the Lord wanted to deal with me about my life. And I just wanted to learn information so I could preach to people. 
And the Lord helped me to see this ain't the information you need to preach. It's who you becoming in me. That's what needs to be preached. And it was so hard because I had to learn the stuff, but I had to figure out who he wanted me to be in the middle of learning the stuff. And it just stretches you. And so when I see people who just want to know knowledge, it drives me crazy because your knowledge isn't going to change anybody. Remember the saying, people don't care what you know. They just want to know that you care. And the X factor in care and compassion is Jesus. Come on. And I feel like there's pressure on believers to know every single little thing there is to know about the Bible. And I'm not saying don't learn the Bible. Please do, because we don't need a bunch of people to be throwing around opinions when there's a Bible that we can learn the truth. Amen? And so I'm not discouraging, and I hope you hear my tone, I'm not trying to discourage you learning the Bible I'm trying to encourage that as you learn the Bible, make sure you're learning who Jesus is and not just how to win an argument about creation or something that you're going to use in politics or something that you're going to use against somebody that has a lifestyle that you don't agree with because you can win that argument and lose that person. Amen? And that's happening in our world. If we're not pointing people to Jesus, where are we pointing them to? Another route that leads nowhere. So whenever we look at faith and truly want to redefine our faith in our culture, in our church, in our world, we have to know that our faith is pointing us to knowing who Jesus is and living our lives for him, not just learning the lessons about him. I don't believe that when you stand before God, he's going to ask you how much scripture do you know to determine your level of reward. He's just going to want to know, do you know me? The relationship factor in him. And I hope as I'm sharing this today, you're not sitting there saying, wow, I don't have to read my Bible now. Yes, you do. Some of you have been in church for a long time, and you just casually read your Bible because you want to fit in with everybody. you got to get to know Jesus. Amen? you got to get to know him. Because how you're living is a reflection of knowing God. Did you hear that? How you're living is a reflection of how well you know God. I will say it like this. The more you get to know Him, the more you will become like Him. A lot of people know things about Him. They have a lot of knowledge. And this is what usually happens. They're they're filled with pride. When you're filled with knowledge about the Lord, the result is pride. But when you know Him, when you get to know Him, you are changed because you are humbled with the fact that the God of the universe would have a relationship with you. Knowledge about God, knowledge in general, puffs us up. But knowing God in relationship humbles us. And what does the Bible say? God gives what? Grace to the humble. Is there anybody in here besides me that will wave at me and say, Pastor Wade, I need some grace because I ain't got it all together. Anybody? I see some of y'all not waving. Uh, Maybe I'm trying to get a participation award for somebody, but who else in here needs some grace? How many of you, the person sitting next to you, needs some grace? See, you got better when it was for the other person. 
if you get to know him, you are going to live differently. When you really get to see him for who he is and how he is and how much he loves you, you live differently, you talk differently, you make decisions differently. I've been around another influence. You remember when you were growing up, I don't know if your parents were like mine, but mine would say, I don't like you hanging around with him. You're acting like him. You're talking like him. You're doing things like him, and that's going to come to an end. You got to get away. You got to get away. And this is what's so crazy. Even though you get away, the influence is already there. So even though you're not with that person anymore, the influence of that person is still there until you meet a new friend. And then when you meet a new friend, you start picking up on what they're saying. You start picking up on how they're living and the things that they do. We are very easily influenced, are you seeing this today, specifically by relationships. By the way, parents, if you really want to influence your kids, have a relationship with them. Like, really, get a relationship with them. Quit just trying to tell them what to do all the time. Giving them more information, more information. You can't do that. You can't do this. Create a relationship with them and you can influence them to change. I believe it. I believe that is the most void thing in parents' discipline styles. And I'll call them styles because I don't know what in the world y'all got going on anymore. I'm be honest. The one thing that I see that is missing is relationship. Dads, relationships with their sons and their daughters. Moms, relationships with their sons and daughters. I'm not talking about BFFs either. If you're a BFF with your kid, you need to end that today. I'll step on those toes all day long because it doesn't result in any proper view of authority from the child. I love you enough to tell you that. Okay, let's carry on. Get back to the message. Relationships have influence. And your relationship with God should influence you daily. If the only influence of the relationship with God you have is the day that you prayed the prayer in church, you are missing out on so much of who he is and who he can be for you. If you're going through something right now, I know what you're doing. You're trying to get information on it to figure out what you need to do. You'll go to scripture, you'll go to books, you'll go to the internet. You'll go to sites that you never thought you would go to because you're just desperate for anything to happen. But if you do all of that and you forget to go to Jesus, then you got a lot of information that doesn't have the power to change you. It may confuse you. But if you go to Jesus, start there. Amen. Start there. If you go to him, it is going to set the course for all the information that you are receiving. That's not in the notes, but you needed that today. Because I see a world that is struggling... And believe it or not, the place that the world is struggling, and I'll make it more specific, the place that the church is struggling is faith. It's faith. Because we've made it so commercial. We've made it so broad. We've made it so, watch this term, simple, that we don't even know what it is anymore. And we believe that we can collect enough information which is going to prove us to be full of faith until we run into something that challenges us beyond 
what we ever thought we could be challenged. And what do you have? This is where we got to have that relationship with God. And not just a faith about him, but a faith in him. And a faith, watch this, with him. That I have an anchor. I have a father that will walk me through the fire. That will walk me through the flood. It's a relationship. The foundation of the faith that you and I profess, it's a relationship. It's not information. It's a relationship. And today, I just felt the need to ask you, how is your relationship with God? How is your relationship with God? Because a lot of times we go on autopilot. Autopilot. Just hit the button and we get in there. But then we go through things and we're trying to figure out where have this thing been going? And God, where are you? And I want you to hear what we're saying. I want you to hear what we're saying. God, where are you? And I think the Lord's saying, where you been? Look at your neighbor and say, where you been? Where you been? When you get to know Jesus in a relationship, it results in change. You want to see a change in your life? Bring Jesus in. See a change in your marriage? Bring Jesus in. By the way, go get counseling. Amen? But if your counseling isn't including Jesus, it's all on you and your husband. Good luck. It's all on you and your wife. Good luck. You better bring Jesus into the relationship. Raising kids, you better bring Jesus in because you smart, but you ain't that wise. Them kids are smooth. Amen? We got to bring Jesus to our kids. Amen? That's why you bring them to church. Everything that God has for us and everything that he wants us to be can only be experienced by faith. And I want to teach on this for a sec. Everything in the kingdom, everything that you want from God, everything that God wants to do in you, it happens through faith. Getting saved. It's not because you felt bad because you're a horrible sinner and you want to make sure that you can go to heaven. It takes faith to be saved, not fear. Because if you got saved by fear, it ain't lasting. You're saved by faith. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says God saved you by his grace when you freaked out about how terrible you are. No, it says when you what? Believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is a gift from God that can only be experienced by faith. By putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Savior, as the payment for all of our sins, and trusting Him as my Lord, trusting Him as my Savior, trusting Him as my leader, by trusting in Him, I am saved. Just because you're sorry doesn't mean you're saved. Amen? Because I'm sorry for what I did, but what about what He's done? Because forgiveness isn't, I'm sorry for what I did. It's, I'm sorry for what I did, but I'm going to be saved by what he's done on the cross by paying the price for my sins. And I've got to, it doesn't take faith to say I'm sorry. It just takes mama saying, tell him you're sorry. 
Tell him you're sorry. I don't want to. Tell him you're sorry. I don't want to. Go tell him you're sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and you know what? That's how we forgive people now. I forgive you. It doesn't take faith to be sorry, but it takes faith to be saved. It's trusting that only God can save me. I can't save myself by being sorry for my sins. I put my trust in him and he saves me from the sins that I am sorry for. I've got to trust. Watch what it points to. I need Jesus. That's what it points to. Here's the next one. I'm justified by faith. Because this is the continual work of salvation. This whole one and done prayer thing, listen, you guys, you got to understand, that is incomplete. I know a lot of people that are like, well, I prayed the prayer, so I'm going to heaven. You still got life to live on earth. There's chances you could do some crazy stuff between now and then. Amen? Y'all need to hear me on this. And some of y'all, this is doctrinal stuff that you've hung on to and have used to compromise your faith. Come on now, I will mess with you about this one because it is a deception that we get into believing that we don't have a grace that leads to godliness. Go read your Bible in the book of Titus. The grace of God leads to godliness, not just to salvation, but it will lead you to become more and more like him, which is relationship. Listen, there are certain things that you do when you're in relationship with people that you can't do anymore. Amen? Like when you got married, you can't go out with the guys and look at ladies. That's over. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's over. If you're sitting next to your spouse, just tell them that's over for you. Been over. Shut it down. Better not. Right? Tell them better not. But the relationship, the relationship changes you. The relationship, it helps you to become better. I've heard guys say this. I'm better because of my wife. It's the relationship. And listen, let's just say it. There are wives out there that are better because they're husband. I love you, babe, but I'm making you better. <laughs> Trust me, she's making me better too. We're working on this thing. You know, some of y'all are like, uh-oh, pastor going to need counseling. <laughs> so we're justified by faith. See, there's a lot of people that were sorry for their sins, but their sin still has power over them. The past still has power over them. And what their life is screaming is, I need to be justified. And to be justified is just as if I'd never done that. I remember talking to Cynthia about some things before she gave her life to the Lord. She was telling me, there are things I did before I got saved. I don't even remember that I did. And she's like, it's not that I'm trying to forget. It's just, I don't remember. That, my friends, is justification. Because when you're justified, you are declared right. And there's a lot of people that are trying to be justified, trying to prove themselves right by just living better. And hey, keep living better. But the only way you can be declared righteousness, uh, as righteous, is by the blood of Jesus. Amen? And in order to be justified, it takes trusting in Him because you and I, we try to do it ourselves. Only He can justify you. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, watch this, we have peace. 
And there's a lack of peace because we're not justified by faith. We're trying to make it right. I know people who have been saved for years still thinks that God's punishing them for sins that they done asked Him to forgive over 30 years ago that are under the blood that are no more. And they still believe to this day because things are happening that God is punishing them for that. Can I tell you that is wrong? I love you enough to tell you you're wrong. You have been made right by God. You don't have to keep repenting for something. 30 years ago, it's under the blood and what Jesus has done on the cross, it's enough. And he declares you righteous. And so you can move forward in peace. You can move forward in peace. I thought there would be a much better reaction to that. Come on now. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. It's what he has done for you that justifies you. Do you believe that? Do you put your faith and trust in that? And not just for you, but for others too? Because of course, you and I, we want to be declared righteous and we're justified. But are we okay with that other person who done wrong, who's repented and asked God to forgive them of their sins? Are we okay with them being justified? Come on now. See, it works for me, but I don't know how I want it to work for them. It's for all who believe. Amen? Here's the next one. We are declared righteous by faith. The only way you can be right with God is by faith in God. You can do all the works, but if you don't have faith in God, you're not right with Him. You could try to follow every commandment to the, to the tiniest degree. But without faith in him, you are not right with him. And this is a challenge for us because we measure and we remember and we keep track and we use it for, watch this, for judgment. We want God to declare us righteous, but can we declare someone else righteous? Philippians 3, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to focus on that one part. For God's way of making us right with him. It's not your way. It's God's way. And we've got to come to grips with that. Are you okay with it being God's way? Because his ways are higher than ours. Come on, I feel like it's, uh, some of y'all are like, I don't know if I was way. You're messing with me too much here. Here's the next one. We live by faith. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live in faith. Did you notice what I said? I lived in faith, not in feelings. I live in faith, not in fear. I live in faith. I live with faith in the Son of God. That is where I'm coming from. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm living. I have faith in the Son of God. So even though things around me may be shaking, I don't have to be shaken. Because I have a solid, firm foundation faith built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ that has been tested and has been proven. It has gone through the fire and it made it through. It's gone through the flood and it's made it through. It can be trusted. That's the foundation. I live on that foundation. 
Are you living in faith? I think these are very important questions that we must evaluate ourselves and ask, have I been living in faith? Have I been living in fear? Have I been living all up in my feelings? Or am I truly living in faith? Faith in God. Here's the next one. We are healed by faith. James 5, 14 and 15, or any of you sick, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. Did you hear that? And the Lord will make you well. We're healed by faith. Where are we going to for healing? Is the Lord our last resort? Well, nothing else works, so we'll go see what he can do. Let's start with him. Amen? Hey, don't, don't disclude medical care. Get yourself, get yourself some medical care. But let's go to the Lord. Even better when you're praying for your doctor. And all the doctors said amen. Amen? We're healed by faith. Here's the next one, Hebrews 11.8. We obey by faith. Obey by faith. In order for you to be obedient to God, you must obey him. You must believe in him. Watch this, Hebrews 11. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when God called him to leave his home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And we got to know everything before we say even an inkling of a yes. Am I right? Don't raise your hand. We already know. <laughs> there are some things that we won't know, y'all. But this is where I trust him. I don't know what God's going to do with my kids, but I trust him. Are you going to figure it all out? I can't. They have to figure it out, but I got to trust God with my kids. And the reason I bring that one up because I think that one's the hardest. Got to trust God with our careers because we have no clue what could happen with our career in a day, in a meeting. And if your whole life is built on what you have been able to accomplish, what happens, y'all? What happens when that gets challenged? See, we're not just talking about having an, an opinion about spiritual matters talking about having a true relationship with God. We're talking about, God, I need you. I trust you. I'm counting on you. I'm relying on you. I need you to come through for me. I don't know how I'm going to do this without you. Come on, am I talking to anybody? This is what I'm talking about. And too many times as believers, we have an opinion about our faith and what we believe instead of having a person that we are relying on. See, it's not just lessons. It's a life that we live. You were called to live a life of faith. So here's the question today. Are you living by faith in God? Is that how you're living today? And I really want you to do some evaluation. Are you living by faith? Are you trusting God with your life? 
or are we just trying to get God's help with our way of life? Gosh, God forgive us. See, we want God to make everything work the way that we have it planned. And let me tell you what I've learned about our plans, y'all. Our plans are so insufficient. The plans that God has for us are so great. In fact, David wrote this in the Psalms, your plans for me are too numerous. I can't even contain them in a book. Maybe you're, you've become a good planner. That's great. But can I tell you, God's even better because his perspective is greater. Can you trust that a good God, I want y'all to lock in and hear this. Can you trust that a good God who loves you more than even your mama does, and I know mamas love their kids a lot, but who loves you even more than her? has greater plans than what you can come up with for yourself. Can you believe that even though God saw you at your worst and heard the words you said and saw the things that you have done, he still has good plans for your life. Even when you didn't believe, didn't recognize him, didn't look to him, he still had good plans for you can you believe it can you live it I really believe that if we have faith in God we're going to do life his way instead of our way in fact the way we're living is more fruit of our faith than anything not, not what you say you believe, but how you live what you say you believe. And I feel like we've just been asking God to come and help us do our way of life better. And when God doesn't help, we say God doesn't work. But can I tell you that God's not going to help you do your way of life, but he will help you do his way of life. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but at the end, it's the way of death. At the end, it's the way of destruction. Maybe it's not working because it isn't his way. You ever been in one of them arguments with someone, maybe your spouse or maybe two kids, two of your own kids? We always do it your way. We always got to do it your way. It's always what you want. It's always your way. And those arguments just snowball on us. And it's one against the other. Has it just been your way? Like living a life of faith, has it just been your way? The decisions you're making about your future, is it just your way or is it God's way? Parents, the decision your child is making about their future, is it just your way that you're pointing them to or God's way? I'm there. I got two young adults in my house. My daughter's starting high school. We're at that point where they're making life decisions. It's so much more difficult, by the way, than I thought. Because I want to tell them everything to do because I know 
But I don't just need them to know what I know. I need them to know who I know. Because if God speaks to them, it'll change their life and it'll put them on the right path. Amen? But what about you? Perhaps the direction you've been going in your life has been a reaction to somebody hurting you or somebody telling you that you can't. And you're just trying to get God's help to prove them wrong. God's not going to help you prove them wrong. That goes against who he is because God's trying to make people right. Come on, I'm preached that. God's good enough that he can have a good plan for you and still have a good plan for them even though they're in sin. Because he's got a son who's a savior. Come on, y'all. Let's, let's quit doing this exclusive thing and realize that for God so loved the world, that means all the people, that he gave his only son. Jesus came for them too. Amen? How are you living? Are you living by faith? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning because I know some people who are dealing with some things in their life. And I know you want to say, yeah, man, preach that. They need to hear that. But I'm saying it to you too. Because you have a way of dealing with your pressure. That's not the right way. You're determining your future your own way instead of considering God's way. I know people that are trying to make their relationship with God go their way instead of his and try to make their faith and their belief go their way instead of God's way. And they'll say things like, you do it the way you want to and I'll do it the way I want to. No, there is a way. And it's God's way. And it's time for us to lay down the pride of our way and embrace the humility of God's ways and allow him to give grace to the humble. And this is what I want to do today. This is different, but this is what I feel like we should do. If you've been doing it your way, and you know today it's time to do it God's way, whatever it is, maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's how you've been acting and living. Maybe it's how you talk. Maybe it's your future, but you know it's time for me to surrender and do this God's way. I just want you to step out of your seat and come kneel down at the front of this stage today. Yeah, I know. Pastor Wade, you're going bold today. I know. Because I believe our faith is supposed to be bold and not quiet and hidden. Surrender to God's way. Maybe you're here and you're away from God. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And the way that you've been living is wrong. And you know it. No one had to say anything bad to you. You just look at your life and you know, man, this ain't the way. This ain't the way. I'm just giving it a moment. Maybe you've been dealing with some situations and the only way you know to do it is with anger. And so things are coming out. But you, you didn't want to say that, but that's what's coming out. Yeah. That's not the way you wanted to do it. That's not the way you wanted it to happen. Come on, today is the day. Surrender to his way. It's his way. 
It's his way. Maybe you're in a relationship and you know this ain't the way the Lord wants this thing to go. Maybe you're caught up in something that you know you got to get out of. Come on, you know it. I got to get out of this. This is going to destroy my life. I got to get out of this. Today, today's the day. Today's the day. If you have a friend down here, one of the staff members at the church, I just want you to come put a hand on a shoulder. Andre, you and Mona, come help us. Just come put a hand on their shoulders and just pray over them. God's moving in this place today, y'all. Say, why are you doing it like that, Pastor Ray? I just felt like this is the way the Lord wanted to do it. Why don't you stand your feet out there and just stretch your hands up to the Lord? There's others. There's others that could be down here right now. Maybe you just don't want to be all public, all out in front of people. It's okay. God can touch you right there. Father, today in this place, we don't want to just have a faith about you. We want to have a true faith in you. We want to know you, God. We want to know you as our Lord and Savior. We want to know you as the Father with a strong relationship that is changing us from the inside out. Lord, today I pray that people who aren't right with you, that are away from you, that today would be the day of surrender. Today would be the day they would come to you and know you and walk with you. Thank you, Jesus. I you, the good God, want to have a relationship with your people. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, been living life your own way, and you want to surrender your life to Jesus today, I want us all to pray this prayer out loud. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me so much that you went to the cross to pay the price for my sins so I could be forgiven and live for you. Today, I surrender my life to you. And I choose now, I'm going to live your way instead of doing this mine. I put my faith in you. I will follow you. I will get to know you. I want you to be the influence of my life. So Lord, I ask you to make me who you want me to be. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen.